Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome everybody to Saturday Draft Live and we're coming up so close to Christmas it's just days away you can feel it and I'll tell you what we don't want for Christmas we don't want no scrubs because we're looking at the week of wrestling leading up to TLC tomorrow night we're not going to get no scrubs we're just going to stick to the rivers and other things that we're used to I don't know a lot about TLC can you tell Uh, I am Scott McLeod one of your usual hosts Joined by two men who are definitely are no scrubs, uh, David Hockney and Jack Graham. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing grand, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well. I don't think I've really thought that intro through, but I'm fine. Uh, listen, just wherever you do, Scott, just don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> just stick to get, the rivers and the lakes that we're used to. Come on. I mean, oh, rough. Let me expose you to TLC through the film The Other Guys, where Michael Keaton's character keeps quoting TLC and not realising it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not sure Ross will get that impression. He turned off The Other Guys as soon as the rock scenes were done, but... <laughs> <laughs> but we're here for Saturday Draft Live. Like I said, TLC is tomorrow night, so we had the big go-home week over on SmackDown. We had interesting week of AEW and NXT to talk about, and we'll see how that's affected the draft table. And we'll get into the top three. And speaking of AEW, we have the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega. Dave, I'll go to you. Again, proving more dividends for Grant Robbie once again in the top three. Mm-hmm. And he, he had a big match. Uh, he had a big match with Joey Janela. It was non title but Kenny got the win, as you'd expect, you know. There goes Matthew, but Kenny not wrestling a lot uh, the next couple of weeks. And he's also going to have a, a title match on in a couple of weeks on Dynamite against Ray Phoenix. So there you go, another big title defence, which means more points for Gran, hopefully for him. Uh, he's mm-hmm. hoping that will widen that gap between him and the GOAT. Oh, listen, if the gap wasn't big enough already between Grant and the GOAT, the big difference is Kenny Omega. Like Grant has played an absolute blinder having... Kenny as his first round pick. Uh, we were all saying, you know, I think he was the favourite against Moxley to win the, the title, and he it just he just took the ball and, and ran with it. Now, obviously, you know, a non-title match doesn't give him a a title match booster, but you know, Kenny Omega is his captain. That's why he's in the top three this week. And but yeah, I think next week as well, he's just going to gain even more uh, more points. So Grant is firmly on course to be drafting first next season. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Kenny is also scheduled to be part of Impact, you know, I think January 16th at Hard to Kill he will be in the main event, that pay-per-view team with the Good Brothers, and I think David Campbell's counting his lucky stars that those matches aren't being counted for points in this draft. Jack, I'm coming to you about Kenny Omega I think a lot of this does have to go down to Jack Grant's position as opposed to David, because I think what you needed to give yourself the advantage in Purgatory was not only a good placement but a opportunity to choose a standout pick in the first round and I think that's what Grant's done Yeah I think it was probably the person that most of us if not all were wanting to draft 
straight away from first position and obviously Derek went you know I it was a bit out there but you and me I wouldn't expect that to go first round I think Ryan Gallagher was just always going to stick to his guns or Owen Reigns after being useful for him last season so Grant coming in third drafting the purgatory table and being able to get Kenny Omega obviously I tried to do the same and I thought MGF was going to win the title but it's it's worked for Grant this time and clearly this relationship that AEW and Impact have is only going to like further heighten Kenny Omega's stance in the draft and AEW and he's got the title defence against Ray Phoenix I think in a couple of weeks as well mm-hmm. I think it's on night one of the New Year's thing they're doing I believe it's on the 29th of of December and then on the 6th is night two because that's also the same night that NXT are doing their New Year's Evil thing that they're doing and mm-hmm. Speaking of NXT, I think one one of those on that New Year's Eve special, or sorry, the New Year's Evil special is probably where you show I can have a title defense, maybe against someone like a Raquel Gonzalez after what happened with uh, the War Games, and depending on how they want to push her, that'll determine how smart of a first round pick Eo was for Derek, because you know she could uh, like get some big points because obviously she was on the losing team at War Games, which wasn't ideal. But I definitely agree about Kenny up in East like sat during the draft because I think he's set for a long title reign. Uh, Ken Omega rarely has it's very rare for Ken Omega to have a short reign with a championship. And then especially given that we'll have a pay per view in the next season for AEW, I think within the next couple of seasons the top three picks are gonna be Roman, uh, Roman, Drew and and Kenny Omega for the first round. I think if you're in the top three positions, your eyes would be on one of those three. Hundred uh, percent. I think also we, we've seen Asuka get drafted quite high up in the first round as well. But mm-hmm. I, I think when it when it's coming like, WrestleMania season, your your two top male WWE champions are always like in the limelight in multiple segments each time round. And obviously Kenny Omega as well as, as I just said with the kind of relationship that's happened, he's going to be featured quite a lot as well. So they they are the surefire first three picks. I think. Jack, I'll stick with you because one of your team members is on is also in the top three with eight points. That is Cody. Uh, you didn't pick Cody quite highly. He was in a he was a third round pick for you, but he's in the top three. I think it just goes to show that he's still a constant presence in AEW, even if he's not in about the title scene. I think it was Angelico. He got a one over this past week on Dynamite, and for a season, what is he going to do with Sting at some point? Is he going to do something with Shaq at some point? I don't know if I want to see either of those things, but uh, how are you feeling about your, your pick of Cody so far? Um, very happy, very happy. To be honest, uh, I think this sting up here in AEW and this thing on Shaq is going to mean that Cody is going to appear in segments, like multiple segments, or a match every week. So him as my captain is always going to prove the dividends, and obviously it's helped as well that him and Brandy have just announced a pregnancy in the show as well, which got me to that eight-point mark. So I think uh, I, I won't lie. When, before I drafted him, I completely forgot that he, he was even eligible for the draft. I, I don't know why. And also, I, I drafted last, so I was 12th, and I got to that third round, and I was like, I need a standout male. And actually, it was just Cody was the first name that came to my head, and I managed to get him. Uh, well, he's, he's proven dividends for you already, Jack. He's currently your highest scorer in your team with 16 points and 
with the score this week is now he's actually broken into the top 10 as well, sitting 10th place. Uh, joint uh, eighth with Pat McAfee and AJ Styles all on 16 points. There you go. Nice. I think I think, I think when you talk about consistency amongst the potential people for AEW, I think Cody ranks quite highly. I mean, we talked a lot about him in season five because he was on the roll with the TNT title. Uh, I do think you'll be much like Seth Rollins in a couple of seasons' time and that he's a top like point scorer, but then he'll you know, soon be unavailable because I assume once Randy has the child, he'll, he'll be taking time off much like Seth has gone away from TV to be with, with Becky and their child. So... I think for now he's like, still picking as long as uh, there's a possibility of him doing something we have or thing. He's still a high commodity. But I said he had eight points. He's tied with Roman Reigns, who also has eight points. Roman Reigns appeared a few times on SmackDown this week, you know, hyping up his match with Kevin Owens on, at TLC. And we'll talk about TLC in a wee bit. But uh, there's not really much else you can say that we haven't said already, is there, Dave? I mean, Roman Reigns, we expect him to be in such a high position in the top mm-hmm. three, given he is the Universal Champion and this was the go-home smackdown. Yeah, Roman Reigns getting eight points from appearances alone just goes to show how much of a valuable commodity he is. I, Ryan's obviously played smart, having him as his, as his first-round pick and putting the captaincy on him. And we have, we have mentioned this before on multiple shows uh, on our back catalogue, is that Roman Reigns is probably expected to be holding the championship all the way to WrestleMania. So it's I think Ryan is probably in quite a, a comfortable position at this stage. And with the title defense happening this weekend, uh, you could see the table change drastically because of a Roman Reigns victory. And it's also supported by uh, Jey Uso as well, making just as many appearances backstage this week, which has helped. I think, I think, he ra- think Jey Uso racked up about five appearance points just from SmackDown alone. Uh, but obviously because it's just shy of the top three this week. And that's the other thing I've noticed mm. this week is that nobody scored above 10 points, but everybody's been scoring consistently in terms of drafted superstars. So I think this week has actually been good for, you know, everybody just to sort of gain some points uh, ahead of, you know, a big pay-per-view where everything can change. Yeah, I think given that the week in December, it's almost Christmas, I think, this is when mostly, especially WWE has a bit of a lull period, not much is happening. But yeah, I think the difference is, like, and the idea of like people scoring, not scoring over 10 is that this is right before a pay-per-view and a lot of that can change, as we'll talk about. And it definitely feels like we all, you know, we talk about the rumours of Roman versus The Rock and SmackDown back in the day, The Rock said it's his show. Nowadays, it seems certain that SmackDown is, is Roman Reigns' show and there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. he's, 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 yeah, he's literally the kind of he has the head of the table, the top dog of SmackDown. He's you would have been saying a year ago that like Roman Reigns is the most entertaining thing of of SmackDown in general. Like it was a point that not that you were like kind of hating on him, you're, you're a bit fed up of his position, but like a, a wee character change and he's the best thing going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I did notice from this week as well is that the Street Profits had successfully defended the SmackDown tag titles against Team Rudolph. And I've just done the math here. The Street Profits get five points for that for that match. If Derek had put the captaincy on them, they would be the top scorers this week. But yet his captaincy remains on our truth for some wild reason. Uh, so I don't know. I think Derek's made a bit of a, a tactical error not putting the captaincy on the Street Profits. I mean, because... I'm actually not even sure why our trailer. I assumed he had it on Neil Shirai. Sometimes it's hard for me to keep track on 
who's got the captaincy on doing now, especially when we've got like twelve players across the main league in purgatory and then also the, the listeners need to think about. But yeah, I think it's weird that this wasn't on TLC, but I think they wanted to get a big bit of a boost for the SmackDown go home show, especially now that it moved to FS one this week and not on like Fox. So I think it's why they wanted a bit of a big marquee title match and it is good to see the Street Profits hold on to the titles because I think they need to have a, a decent reign, especially after beating the New Day back at Survivor season. Uh, they proved that they're consistent scorers at tag team, so that's smart on Derek's part. But I get your, what you're saying, Dave, about possibly putting the captaincy on them. Talking uh, about Roman and potentially WrestleMania, I was uh, listening to Central, Dave, where you, David Campbell and Ross, in our back catalogue, and you guys both made some good points about, uh, about WrestleMania and the rumoured plans. Uh, I would like to give my two cents just briefly uh, about uh, the potential Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg can go and take a flying fuck to himself. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm happy to see that as a Royal Rumble title match or a B pay-per-view match in the lead-up to WrestleMania. Do not put the Universal title on Goldberg. Do not even put him anywhere near the Universal title scene. I wasn't even that bothered at WrestleMania 36 when we thought we were going to see it. You know... The thing with Keith Lee, I get what you and Roski have very differing opinions on it. And I I think maybe this is the optimist in me, you know, you know me who tries to enjoy wrestling. But I think that, I like to think that this isn't a case of like, oh, Vince thinks Keith Lee is shy. I think it's a case of maybe if Vince really does want to put Keith Lee in one of the marquee matches at WrestleMania, he wants to make sure that he's protecting investment and making sure Keith Lee is honed into the, WWE style that a lot of people like to talk about and I agree with Ross if Keith Lee learns to do skill working under Adam Pearce and Drew Gulag I think that's just going to make him even more valuable to Vince but I think part of the reason a lot of people are like want Big E is because also he's a natural fan favourite and then you got to think that the idea of having Big E and Keith Lee two men of African American descent uh, in the two marquee matches of Wrestlemania for the two top titles that says a lot about a change in WWE and, does, and it helps not make Kofi Kingston's reign like a one-off thing, which a lot of, I've seen a lot of people say that it does. And I've even some, heard some people say that they feel that Kofi Kingston's reign, when you look at it, was more of a legacy run because he'd been in the company for so long. And given that he did have some weak pay-per-view matches for that deal, like, again, the bloody curse of Dolls Ziggler for two pay-per-views didn't help him there. And just... Yes, just go away, Goldberg, and uh, I think you can get where, where I'm coming from here, but Jack, I don't know if you've got any opinions on this. I couldn't give a fuck. Uh, I hope it's not, I hope it doesn't happen. Um, that's, that's, that's really it. I think it it ruins a lot of what Roman Reigns is. Also, I get why they maybe want to do it, but I thought it was a bit meant to be the rest main event this year. And they had to put Strowman in because Reigns had to go away because of the pandemic and that. But it's it's not it's not needed. It's not it's not necessary. So, Mister WWE, please don't bring Goldberg back. Because <laughs> like we're all the talk about that that Goldberg had like politics his way and they're getting a win over the Fiend and that like oh I can't lose to someone like the Fiend. I might be a superhero to the kids and shit like that. Like most of the kids who watched WWE weren't born when you were at your prime shop. <laughs> and like, I'd like to see him try any of that shit when he's going against Roman Reigns because Vince will shut him right fucking down like no he's Roman Reigns damn it he's one of my 
He's my big dog, damn it. Maybe it needs it. Maybe that's what Goldberg needs. It, it, it needs like Vince to actually like tell him to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, can we? Uh, yeah, let's jump. Let's jump to the the ranking, shall we? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, the top ten of the week. I just went to give my things because I mentioned Roman, like how he's going to hold the belt to WrestleMania, and also I want to make my feelings clear about Goldberg. Uh, top ten of the week. Uh, Strike is again in the last place with forty three points. You know. He got like Lucha Brothers and Pac appearing right at the end of Dynamite, but again with Pac uh, apparently done with Dynamite now for the rest of the year and the way back to the UK. That may be a big hit to him, and also he won't get points for Ray Phoenix as a singles guy. Uh, at the New Year's Smash thing will be is if, if Pentagon accompanies them, they'll get tag points. And ninth is Derek with 43 and a half, and also Kwaku also has 40. Oh, no, I read it wrong. Derek has 43.5 points in ninth place. Quacko, 45.5. Stephen Wilson, 47 points. And now seven Ryan also has 47 points, so they're kind of tied there. Gary, 50, 53.5 points. David, Tony, you're on 55 points. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Graham, you've got 56, just so one point ahead of him. Uh, and then, like, there is, there is quite tight, like, as we said last week, between 10th and 3rd. Then it's a little bit of a jump when you've got me in second with 65 points. I know I don't know how I've got that either. And then a bit of another jump when you go over Ross at 76 points in first place. Not much of a, a change position-wise, I don't think, from last week's top 10. It still remains tight, and there's a tiny bit of a gap. Between me and Ross, I'm hoping to catch up to Ross with a Sasha Banks win at TLC, potentially. Uh, but I think TLC could help bump anybody between like in the top five or six up a place and help close the gap a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and looking at the, the listeners league as well, uh, we see Gary Morris has actually now dropped to the bottom of the table, 47 points with Quizzy Rascals. So, uh, and looking at his team, you know, he's got Larkin and Birch as his tag team who've yet to appear after war games. John Moxley has been MIA since losing the... AEW world title. Santos Escobar has only made a handful of appearances, but on the plus side, he does have Drew McIntyre as his team captain, and that could prove dividends for TLC. Ryan Dalgleish, just above him, 50 points on the socially distanced stable. Uh, he's uh, been more towards the bottom of the table for the, the Listeners League, and but the Street Profits were his team captain, so that, they've obviously bumped him up a few places uh, in terms of points this week. Next, we have Tom Brock with the Royal Boys on 54 points. Uh, he has Kenny Omega as his team captain, so hopefully this aforementioned title defense against Ray Phoenix will help boost him up the table a little bit further. Next, we have Alan Laurie with no team name given on 63 points, you know, sitting comfortably in the middle of the team. He has Sasha Banks and the Street Profits on his team, so that tag title win gives him big points, and he's also got a chance to earn some even more if Sasha successfully defends the title against Carmella. Mark Hume in third place currently with Yudung Gooft, 68 points. Uh, he ha- he also has the Street Profits on his team, but he also has AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. AJ Styles is his team captain. Both are predicted to lose title matches this week. So, I don't know, this this could uh, this could be the start of a downfall for Mark Hume, even though he's currently sitting in third. Uh, second place, uh, we have Colin Blackburn with Colchie's elite team on 86.5 points. So, quite a bit of a jump uh, from the rest of the table. Uh, he currently has Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton on his team. 
Uh, Drew McIntyre is his team captain, so hopefully he gets to maintain second place uh, with uh, Drew coming out on top. And then finally, we have Robert Shaw with the Jesters just ahead of him on 90 points, where he sits with Drew and the Street Profits, both hopefully going to occur. Well, Street Profits occurred a title win on SmackDown. Drew McIntyre, again, as we said, likely to retain the WWE Championship this weekend. Uh, but not much representation from the rest of his team. He's got Rhea Ripley, Johnny Gargano, and Dakota Kai from NXT, but he also has MJF from AEW. Um, I mean, it's by no means a done deal that Robert Shaw could uh, win the league already because Colin could certainly pull it back if uh, Drew gets a big win for him. Well, I think Robert also has Drew as he's captain, as do a couple of other people. I think that may be enough for Robert to keep uh, his top place just ahead of Colin. I think a lot of people... And this Listen League will be helped by a, a Drew win. Alan Laurie has Sasha as his captain, so he'll equally be hopeful for a, for a, mm. a Sasha retention this Sunday, as I am. Uh, um. Mark Cuban, he has Kevin Owens' team and has AJ Styles, who is his captain. And I don't think either of them are likely to come out of their big title matches at TLC with their the belts. So I think Mark Cuban could actually go down a place, a place or two by this time next week, thanks to... TLC. Well, three of the three of our teams in the listeners' league have the Street Profits as their tag team, and Robert is one of them. McCollin has bought as Team Fishing Rod as his uh, as tag team, so that might hold him back. So I think you might be right. I think I'd probably keep my bets on Robert Shaw uh, to be top of the table, but you know we we can't overlook the fact that, you know Collins uh, got to second place largely because of his victories at NXT Takeover War Games. Mm. Let's go back to the main tale right now. What do you think? What do you think is the main thing? I'll start with you, Jack. That's helping Ross right now keep the top place. And what do you think? Uh, what do you think is? What do you think? All other people need to happen in order for Ross to kind of lose that position. Well, I mean, we've got Colin O'Reilly. Obviously, that was he took it just for war games to take them off the table. So. Going going off that, he's he's not really going to get much points considering that O'Reilly's going to be kind of going after the, the, the NXT title now. AJ Styles probably won't beat Drew McIntyre at TLC. You've got Candice LeRae who's broke her arm, so she's not going to be appearing. She's not going to be wrestling. Baron Corbin didn't appear on SmackDown this week, I don't think. You've got Damian Priest who's got a match with Karrion uh, Cross, probably lose that. And Alain Mysterio's not been booked in SmackDown the past three weeks. So I think he's had a good start, but has all the steam gone out of his team already? Only what I can really see kind of helping him a bit is, is AJ Styles and Candice LeRae. That's that's a bit for me. Yeah, Candice could still appear, you know, company India Hartwell or Johnny, you know, part of the whole the way uh, group. Uh, also, AJ, like I said, is probably not going to win TLC. They could, like I said, before extend the feuds between them and Drew and keep that going, keep him on TV. Uh, who knows? But we should go quickly to uh, the purgatory group as a, as you can expect. Grant is still uh, number one in this. He's got 69 points. Nice. To David Campbell, <laughs> 65 points. Campbell's uh, points, I think, were helped a lot by the fact that not only did Carmelo make an appearance uh, last night, but Bailey won a match over Bianca Belair. Uh, I think like, a lot of people have been questioning why Bailey's lost a lot, and I, I like to think that maybe a, a story of her going a bit of a downward spiral since losing the SmackDown Women's title to Sasha, like she was on top of the division, and then she goes from losing twice to Sasha, 
and eliminated first at uh, Survivor Series. You know, she's up until now she's been kind of going down the table, and I think this is setting the table for her to kind of try and make her comeback. And I still think that David Campbell with his pick of Bailey still the best shout for the Women's Rumble. I will be. It'll be interesting. Obviously, he's been uh, David's been posted on the the community page recently about. Oh, as I said, the comments just spouting shite. Mm-hmm. He's it's obviously he's not happy that Grant got a draft from Fudd and he had the draft from Eleventh. He felt there was a clear disadvantage to him a from that point, perhaps. <laughs> But I mean, see, you've got to look at the, the, the two folk that are like either side of Campbell when we're drafting and all. Ross is first right now, and I drafted last, and I'm third. So, like, mm-hmm. even drafting from that position, like, he could be doing so much better than what he already is, but obviously, he didn't really. Maybe his plans didn't work out for him from drafting near the bottom. But I mean, there's just this. As, I, me, as me and Ross are kind of proving the now. Drafting from like at a bottom end of the kind of drafting selection, it isn't a bad thing if you can do it right. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's not about position; it's just like the idea of like who you choose. If you can find somebody uh, who all people have maybe passed up on, you can take advantage of that. Or you never know how certain people are going to be pushed. But also, you know, I think like he knew going into it that it was determined by a spin of the wheel. So it's an idea that you had to kind of take your take your chances with that kind of thing. He does have Braun Strowman on his team, uh, Goat does, uh, So, but obviously Braun Strowman's been suspended and we don't know when he's going to be coming back. So essentially Campbell's been fighting this season with only five team members. There is a, a big match at, at TLC that Campbell, I think, needs to go in his, his favour. But I will say, like the main reason I talk about Bailey being a favourite for the Women's Rumble is because, well, which is one of the four horsewomen, so I think they're always in with a show when it comes to this type of match. And also, like when we had that report, you guys told me on Central about three of the marquee matches for WrestleMania, they were all men's matches, and so give you an idea of who might win the men's Rumble. No indication about what the two main women's titles are going to be ha- doing at WrestleMania, no indication as to who they have planned to win the women's Rumble. And I think all we can do now is speculate, and I think if you're speculating at this stage, Bailey has to be at the top of your discussion about who you think is going to win the Rumble. And Lana. Mm-hmm. Oh, please, God, yeah, no. By the way, how bullshit is it that Lana's been kayfabe written off this women's tag title match for tomorrow? <laughs> oh my gosh, like you, can't, you can't make it up. Oh. It's ridiculous. It's generally yeah. as a pile of shit. I thought that this was going to happen, that they would have... How I saw it going was that they were going to win the women's tag titles and they were going to lose it at some point and then the Royal Rumble match would be Asuka versus Lana for the Royal Women's title. But now, she apparently she's not going to come back until like 20, um, just before Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, I get why you're so frustrated, Jack, because like, I think part of the you chose Lana is like, they were so heavily featuring her and yeah, this opportunity that she might become one after the tag chance would have done you a lot of good, but I think, yeah, I don't know like, why they've done this, because like, they seem to have, like give her a lot of screen time and then suddenly change their minds at the last minute, you know. By all means, like, have her show up and help it, line up, uh, help it nigh us to a table, but don't give her the belt. But if you're saying she's not going to be back until 
like next year. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know if this is a real injury or not. But it's not. Apparently, it's not. There's nothing wrong. It's just. It's just for a for story of the the report. And I'm hoping that that's just all shite, and it turns out that like Van has done the unthinkable and came back from a beating from the Ajax. I think that'd be all right. Kind of story wise, obviously the the rumored selection is there's going to be Charlotte, but. I don't want it to be sure. It needs to be Lana. It's got to be Lana. Come on. Saying <laughs> <laughs> that Lana comes back from an injury from Naya within the same week when Becky Lynch couldn't. So you're basically saying, Jack, you've confirmed out here. Jack Graham thinks that Lana is better than Becky Lynch. You heard it here first. Lana is the best. Lana's Lana number, number one. one. <laughs> but yeah, the rumour is that it's, it's going to be Charlotte Flair, you know. So if somebody somehow picked her this season thinking she was going to come back, I would have been smart. Not like last season. But, <laughs> yeah, Ryan. Yeah, that is the rumor, and I think according to Meltzer, a lot of people have been are kept quiet about when Charlotte is coming back, but she is expected to be back soon. And I think that's just helped further the speculation that it is going to be her. I mean, I think you guys mentioned it. I'd forgotten about this on Central, but uh, I forgot about it until you've mentioned it on Central that. It was Naya and KV that took out Charlotte, so that explains why. Mm-hmm. So I think the best thing you could do with this is like, yeah, like I know like we're skeptical of the trope partners who can't get along thing, because that's how Lady Naya and Shayna started. But having Charlotte and Asuka feud, uh, hold the titles and that leads into a feud for the title, I think would be good. And what's annoying is that right before Charlotte left, they had Asuka beat her clean on Raw. It's like, oh, as if to say, oh, Matt, Asuka's got redemption from when she lost her feet to Charlotte WrestleMania. But if you hadn't done that, and you kept it that she hadn't got her clean win back on Charlotte, and you did it at WrestleMania next year, it would have meant a whole lot more. But no, you just threw it on a random roll because the ratings were plummeting. Hmm. Uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, we can't give official predictions for uh, TLC because we've got our, uh, we're doing our previews on our Facebook community page that so we're saving it for there, but because Ross will be joined by, I, can't, I don't know who he's going to be joined by yet, but we can talk about who we think will benefit or who needs to win most. Yeah, what do you think to the speculation that Charlotte may come back eh, at the Sunday and if not her, who? I honestly don't see how it could be anybody else, but we did mention on Central that you know a couple of names that were thrown out were Io Shirai and Shotzi Blackheart, but you have to listen to, to Central to get our full sort of thinking behind that one. But if we're talking about the women's tag team title match as well, I think I could benefit a lot from this as well because Asuka is my team captain and she's already Raw Women's Champion too. So she could be only, I think it's the, she'd only be the third woman, oh, sorry, fourth if you include Becky, two belts, but it'd be the fourth woman in history to hold two women's titles at the same time. And this would be a huge boost for me, but maybe even put me into first place. Plus, you've also got the Raw Tag Team Championship with the New Day versus the Heart Business. Uh, now, I think it's been sort of 50-50 booking with these two so far, but uh, I don't know. A Heart Business win for Cedric and Shelton would be massive for me as well. So those are going to be my two big point scorers for this week. Yeah, I think I doubt Carmella is going to win the title from Sasha. She's on David's team and also Nia and Shana. Like, if it's basically says is that Charlotte is going to be the, the captain, if Charlotte is going to be the tag partner, then it's unlikely that they're going to retain. So, 
Campbell could be in for a bad night at TLC, but if Nudy, who are Grant's team, lose, then Grant may be in for a similarly bad night, and I think that's what David Campbell needs. But even if he's having a bad two in it, TLC, he needs Grant to have to not have a good one, so that Grant doesn't start to overtake him even more than he already is. Uh, I do agree with you about the the new day versus the hurt business. I think the hurt business are the favourites going into that because like they've had a quite a few opportunities and lost. You know they had that whole kind of box count out finish to their match a few weeks ago, and I mm. think it's a lot of good to be the champions, especially that I've heard Courtney Meltzer that they are planning a Lassie versus Riddle match for the US title. But that probably may not even happen until the Rumble. And so if like Cedric and Shelton win here, then you've got at least a few weeks, even if Lively drops at the Rumble, you've got a few weeks of the Heart Business three out of the four members all holding titles. And I think that's always the mark of a, a dominant stable that most of the members, if not all of them, are holding titles. I think that um, also with that tag match, obviously Dave, you'll be wanting the Heart Business to win, but obviously Grant's got a new day. So he'll be home to get that to kind of get further ahead of David and Purgatory. I think that if any of the belts are going to change, it's going to be the tag belts. I don't see any of this, the the single belts are on the line, so it'll be the SmackDown Women's Universal and the WWE title will be like changing hands. This that doesn't make sense if that does. I think that Derek obviously has Randy Orton as well going up against the theme Bray Wyatt. He needs a good show in there. And obviously, I was I was meant to have Lana in this tag women's tag title match. That's not going to happen. So we had to be deterring. But I also have Paul Heyman along with Roman Reigns. So hopefully that they get a couple of good couple of backstage segments and then the appearance of the match could get me a, a few points with that. When Ryan's captain goes up against uh, Kevin Owens, so it's I think there's, there's there's points to be had for a lot of folk. But mm. I think that the the, the 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 key ones for me is Ryan. And Gary, as their captains being Drew and Roman respectively, they can get some tasty amount of points and get that big one up. Both the debut as well, you've got the chance to, to win two titles. Mm-hmm. So fifth, sixth, uh, well, fourth, fifth and sixth, I think we could see them potentially up the top past myself, Scott and Ross as well come the end of the night. I've just realised as well, the Firefly Inferno match is going to be Battle of the Kernahans because Gary also has Bray Wyatt on his team. So, I mean, it could be a very good night for Gary, actually, if Bray Wyatt and Drew both win. Mm-hmm. Going back to one of the other matches, talking about the women's title, Carmella versus Sasha. I mean, yeah, Carmella's got this new gimmick, in there, and I agree with you, get what you guys said on Central. I'm surprised there's no stipulation added to this, given that they had a match. Uh, ending a DQ right before they've got a big gimmick review that involves weapons, and yet they're not having a match that involves any of those, those weapons. But I think Sasha needs someone because like she's beaten Asuka, which she struggled to do before. She's my success would defend the title. I think the next thing for her is to have a long reign, which she hasn't had before. Like she seems to like only hold the titles for a few weeks, but she's trying to have like a long reign this time. And also, you know, it's the fact that she's also in the Mandalorian, which I don't know if either. You, I don't know if you've seen it, Dave, but Jack, and sorry for everyone who hasn't seen it, but the potential spoilers here, Jack, how good was that Mandalorian finale? Oh, it was very good. I, I, I was nearly I was nearly in tears. I was a bit welled up. I was, I was, I was sad how it ended because it felt like that was a definitive end. Then also you got that post-credit scene as well, and you're like, oh, me, oh, me, oh, my. I cannot wait until Christmas, next Christmas. Fuck this Christmas. Give me next Christmas. <laughs> 
Yeah, only expected to see Sasha Banks back. I can, sorry, minor, minor spoiler here. She managed, she hits a wrestling move in the episode while dressed in Mandalorian armor. I mean, come on, is that not just perfect combination of two worlds? That's just unbelievable. <laughs> but you know, my, I digress. Yes, yeah, she's in. It's got this role in Mandalorian. I don't know if she'll be back if they do another. They're doing another series. I don't know if she'll be, be back. But I think she needs uh, to keep on to it for now. And like the idea that this isn't a wedding match just confused me because like they could have done that and used stipulation to protect Carmella in our new character. Because we've seen in the past Sasha Banks and like gimmick matches can get very creative. Like we remember the bank statement through the barricade on Charlotte during that Falls Count Anywhere match or when she used, incorporated the chair into the back statement against Bailey. She could have done something like that against Carmella which would have made it seem like, well, there was no shame in her tapping out because of what Sasha was doing and to like, up in the brutality of the match, which means that Carmel, despite re-debuting this new gimmick of hers, doesn't lose anything in this loss. I wasn't even expecting the, the, the SmackDown women's title to be on the line. Also, that's, I, I feel that this, this, this would be good for a Royal Rumble match. That if you give it mm-hmm. time for the rivalry to develop, but I feel like it's just been rushed into getting it now, obviously, they had this women's title match the last week on SmackDown where Car- Carmella technically won the match or whatever, but I feel like it's just too rushed. I think I'll, I probably will continue to Royal Rumble, but I don't see the, the need to have it just now. I mean, well, you need to get Carmella the way. We've got big challenges to deal with, buddy. Big Tamina came back this week. <laughs> oh, God, poor Billy K, man. <laughs> but Jack, you don't need to worry about Lana getting your points at TLC. You'll have Paul Heyman. I don't know. Paul Heyman's actually proven fucking class for me, isn't he? Like, he's... Let me check. I think he's on quite a few points. I think he must be... I think he's over, like, 10 already, and that's just, like, on our penises. Yeah, he's on 10 points, exactly. Basically, whenever Roman Roman appears, just assume that Heyman was there, too, because he usually is. I know, and then also I'm gonna. He'll be appearing like when Jay does stuff himself as well. Mm-hmm. That's, point, that's class. points for me because Jay's on nine points. What what a class we turn of events getting Paul Heyman as the very last picker. Aye, <laughs> proven big as well. Proven better than some first round picks as well. There you go. That's the unpredictable nature of the draft. Uh, we go back to to my team for a second. I've got like Sasha. She's finally with representation for. For uh, Sunday, uh, he's defending the title against uh, Armella, and also the fact that I've given the captaincy to her after the injury of Bobby Fish, and that I hope when I that pays evidence. Um, something else I'm surprised that another two well, so many coming matching was Intercontinental title, but even despite uh, an angle they did on this week on SmackDown, uh, Big Evie Sammy hasn't been added to the card, which I was expecting it to be by now. Are you guys surprised about that, or do you think they're just trying to draw this out, or maybe? on TV to help bump the ratings up I think it's, it's a bit of a it's weird that I, I thought this would be a match we'd, we'd see on TLC especially after as you said what happened on Smackdown with the, 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 the Sami Awards I think Sami Zayn's been like besides Roman Reigns Sami Zayn has been a top top aspect of WWE television recently and you said, just, you said yourself you've got Big E so you're needing that title win well, I'm saying you're needing that title when you need to be even in that title match or something that's not happening. Obviously, 
there was bets between Sammy and Daniel Bryan. There was a couple of weeks ago, but now it seems that Big E's kind of taken that place. Jink, is this going to be something that's going to be a TV match, or Jink will actually get to Royal Rumble and you'll have that? Because I kind of want Big E in the Rumble match. In a perfect world, I'd like Big E in the, the Rumble match, and I'd like him winning it. But you know, if they are being serious about, like when you see the short list of people who they want to run against, no, Big E wasn't as high on that list as Utopia would be. So I'm thinking, like, if he's not going to be going to Roman Reigns and Universal Title now, I like a strong push in the IC Title scene. And if yeah, maybe they'll take him off. At, they'll take the Bill of Sammy on TV. But I'd like that also to get a rematch at the Rumble and. Usually I don't like people who compete early night to be in their own, but I'd still like Big E to have a decent showing in the Rumble, even if he isn't the IC champ. Dave, what do you think about this? It's hard to say, really, because he's obviously getting pushed to a feud with Sami Zayn, maybe to even take the Intercontinental title from him. But, I mean, who's to say that means he can't still compete in the Royal Rumble match? Because 2016, Dean Ambrose defended the title against Kevin Owens, and he ended up as runner-up that year. So I think it's still possible to go down both routes, but I think the focus has to be on the Intercontinental title match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm hoping for a big finish this season. If Big E doesn't win the Rumble, you know, with potential sashes, Phantom Women's Champion Riddle taking the US belt and Big E taking the IC belt, uh, at least be a strong finish even if I don't win the, the season. But we've talked about the, the title match and how unlikely Drew and Roman already lose. I actually even think that Sheamus get involved in this ladder match, maybe Seamus 3 Drew at the Rumble. It's kind of a um, placeholder kind of thing for Drew because they have been teasing some stuff between him and Seamus over the last couple of weeks. But also, should we be considering the possibility of a Miz cash in post the TLC match if Drew is like taken out or if he's been through like a big bump in the match and he's weakened the possibility of Miz coming out? No, I don't think so. I think because there have been other rumours floating around that Miz isn't going to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase till 2021. And Drew's uh, too much of a hot commodity at this stage to to take the title off him. He's a a prime example of what a WWE champion should be carrying themselves like uh, in this this season, in particular with how well he he shot to megastardom this year. Mm -hmm. And and that's weird that he's been to the cash in 2021. We don't know exactly when in 2021, but this is the season that carries into like at least till the end of January, and yet nobody picked the Miz. Nobody wanted to hedge their bets on a Miz cash in like room at the Rumble time, uh, despite the fact that like I think he, he, did, he was a decent player for Allen last season, yet no one took the chance on him this season. I think next season is the, the time we'll see Miz getting uh, looked at to be drafted. Obviously, the past couple of times he's been drafted a tag team with Miz and Morrison, but. There's there's more to a story of Miz having the the briefcase than him cashing in so soon and losing it, mm-hmm. and I think that would that would be victim of that. now if that did happen, so potentially between Rumble and Mania, you could get something. He'll probably appear in more segments and more matches near that time as well. So I, I think next season we'll be seeing him getting drafted pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Because it's weird, like, you say, like, oh, he's going to cash in early 2021, but then if the plan is uh, that triple threat, Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar and Drew, which I'd be all here for, how the hell do you get through there, and how the hell do you incorporate in the lead-up to the Miz cashing in the money in the bank, and then you, you, cause then you need them to have them immediately lose it back to Drew or to Keith Lee or to Brock, one of those three, in order to have that triple threat match, so 
I think they, I think this will be an understatement. But even when they had Otis when they had no idea what they wanted to do with this year's Money in the Bank briefcase, and that it's just evident. I think they just should just get it out of the way, have them cash in and fail, just so we don't have to be thinking about it because we seem to be talking about it a lot on this show, especially. Kind of, kind of just over Money in the Bank right now. I think just like get rid of it, like get like have the cash in, fail and. Stop talking about it, so I can actually look forward to next year's Money in the Bank. Because at the minute I'm done talking about it. <laughs> I think it's I think it, has, it has been dragged on for for too long, but I think that is just more the treatment of Otis than what's happened with the Miz, unfortunately. Any other time, Miz would be a, a viable. You'll tell me I'd love to see a feud between him and Drew, but with the status of what's happening at WrestleMania and as much as I love Miz in recent years, like. He is not the better, the best option for Drew, especially being into WrestleMania. I don't think now is the time for Miz to be in another potential Mania like main event. So, like I said, just have him cash in, maybe have him fail. Because I think he can do a lot with the idea of like failing to cash in and like how he feels like he was wrong somehow. But I think we've come to the end of of Saturday Live for this weekend. We talked a lot about TLC. We aren't getting any official predictions. I think we've made kind of clear who we think could benefit most of us and who needs it and who we can have a slight preference for with regards to some, if it affects our team. But official predictions will be going up uh, on the East Star community Facebook page uh, with Ross and his, his guest, uh, who that is, I don't know at the time of recording, but we should also mention that obviously tomorrow TLC on the 20th of your birthday, David, mm-hmm. uh, we will be defending the SSR Championship uh, in the predictions contest, but Someone should say that this will actually be the last Saturday draft live of 2020 because next Saturday is Boxing Day and I'm sorry we we cannot we are not recording on Boxing Day. I mean, I've got uh, I've got my Boxing Day ritual to uphold, which is waking up at least at earliest at half eleven and then getting as much leftover turkey as I can and jamming it onto a sandwich. <laughs> and I'm sorry, boys, as much as I'll recording with you, I'm not prepared to give that up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I tend to be very, very rough as a skunk. Uh, Boxing Day and the day after New Year's, so I will, I will not be in any fit state to talk about wrestling. I probably, even won't, I probably won't even watch wrestling over the next couple of weeks. I'll be too concerned about the festivities and staying safe. Yeah, the festivities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So actually, the last episode of twenty twenty, we will be back. Uh, on the 9th of January but in the meantime we'll be giving you updates uh, over the next couple of weeks on the our Facebook community page telling you like who's done well in the draft and about who had the best like performance at TLC, who had the, the worst performance at TLC what, everything else will happen in the Lizard League and Purgatory and we'll come back on the 9th of January with a big episode basically recapping everything that's happening and how everybody's been getting on and Hopefully, when we record that episode in 2021, hopefully things are already a lot better than they have been in 2020. But that's all the time we have. Is tune into our back catalogue episodes. Tune into episodes central on all good Android podcast sites. Thanks to our Spotify, iTunes, uh, our feature shows. We had two big feature shows recently go up. Our episode on Shinsuke Nakamura and Tai Teams that should never have broken up. I believe we've got one more feature show of 2020 to come up which will be an episode looking ahead to the future of WWE and also uh, the Visitor Christmas special 
is coming very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll I'd love to check all the other episodes in our back catalogue, because 2020 has been a hell of a year for Sad Draft Live. We had the goat leaving, we remember WrestleMania time, and then we had the journey I've been on with Jack and David ever since. And we've got some great content over on our YouTube channel. Uh, and we've got Quiz Showdown, the latest one, Quiz Showdown 6, Merry Christmas, you felt the animals should be up on Monday. And then a couple of days later, on the 23rd of December, uh, will be the final match in the Book It series. We've got uh, Stephen Wilson versus Gamet Robbie. And then sometime in early 2021, the semi-finals of Book It will hopefully be coming out. And also, I won't spoil the year, but we do have some. Uh, we do have a date set for when we're recording. Uh, a date has been set for the recording of Quiz Showdown Seven. Some details about who's going to be hosting that and what the main, what the main like subject of that quiz will be is revealed at the end of Quiz Showdown Six. You're going to want to tune in for that. It's a hell of a, a hell of a time, David. You were, I was on that as a kind of a last minute fill in. David, you were on quiz and it's like you can also verify it's a hell of a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, some ill surprises, some good Christmassy banter, and you know, people just trying to do their best. Uh, also, Conspiracy is also on the YouTube channel again with David Campbell, and we want a. Be sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Plates Retreat. And given this is our last show of 2020 Live, I just want to say been a hell of a year doing this show with you. Yeah, since uh, just after WrestleMania, and I think we had the hell some great content in 2020. Also, guys like Daniel Campbell and David Campbell have been doing some great content over on the YouTube channel with Bukets, Conspiracy Disease, and Quiz Showdown. Been a hell of a year for ESSR, I think. We're the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we're going to be going into. 2021, hopefully with even better content and we'll see how this how the season looks when we come back in 2021. Until then, we'll see you.